Hello, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. My name is Casey Ruff from Boundless Body LLC, and I am the host of Boundless Body Radio. Before October of 2020, I was not a podcaster. Now, I have recorded hundreds of episodes featuring incredible guests, created tons of helpful content, and have consistently generated thousands of downloads every month since I began. I'm just a regular dude trying to share our message, and now I'm ready to show you my process, my successes and failures, and everything I've learned along the way to help you start your own podcast. Together, we'll explore the entire process of having a podcasting idea and take it all the way to publishing your first episode and explore all the steps in between. Then, I'll give you all the tools that you will need so you can record as many episodes that you want to release after that. Podcasting is one of the most enriching skills I've ever added to my life, and I've learned a ton by talking with some of my heroes and sharing it with anyone who wants to join us on our journey. So, sit back, grab a notebook, take some notes, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. Hello, this is Casey Ruff, and welcome to episode two of the How to Make a Podcast podcast. Definitely glad you decided to join us today. We are going to be talking all about hardware. So we'll be talking all about the physical things that you'll need to start a podcast. As always, I will describe the process and and the things that you'll need. I'm going to give you a few options of things that you can add, but I'm also going to tell you how specifically we do our podcast, Boundless Body Radio. And just know that you can use that in the beginning. If that helps you to create some kind of framework and just know that there's no one way to do things, you can do this however you want. The first thing we're going to talk about when we're talking about hardware is we're going to talk about the environment. What physical location will you be using to record your podcast? This is really important because different environments will have different acoustic um, kind of properties, and that really needs to be considered when you are trying to think out you know, where you want to actually have this done. So if you are in a place that has, um, you know, like a a lot of hard edges, it has maybe like a lot of metal or straight walls, maybe there's nothing on the walls, this creates quite a bit of echo. This could be a room also that doesn't have carpet. Um, It can create a lot of echoes and it's not really ideal for recording sound. If you look at a normal sound booth, like my dad has at his television station, we've recorded some bumpers and things like that for our show. Um, it's a it's a really small room. It's covered in foam. There's not much to it besides just the, the the few walls and all the foam on the walls. So that's a professional sound studio. You certainly don't need to go to those lengths. And that's something that that I chose not to do as well. I am currently sitting in the second bedroom staring at my bike clothes, which are hanging up in front of me. And I try to position the things around me that are a little bit softer. So there's not as much reverberation. There's not as much echo. This is something that works out really well for me. Um, it's, it's really convenient. It's made this little corner of the house, just a really special place where I've gotten to talk to so many amazing people and create so much content, and amazing conversations. And so this is a spot that works great for me. Um, I do know some people who just record in their kitchen and you know what? It, it, sometimes it sounds great. It all depends on the processing that you choose to do. That can really help as well. We're going to talk about that in a later episode when we start talking about software and processing and things like that, but just know that your environment will really make a difference. You also need to consider whether you're doing this alone or whether you are talking to other people in person or remotely. So generally speaking, I talk to a lot of people on Boundless Body Radio. Um, you know, they're they're zooming in. I'm not, you know, 
with them physically. And, and that works just fine. I can have this spot for that. A few weeks ago, I did an in-person interview with a neighbor. And so I had to pack up all my stuff and take it over there. Um, and we got it set up just fine. And, and that was fine too. But again, sound quality was a little bit different because it wasn't the same atmosphere. If you're doing always doing like in-person interviews, you may need to consider what room you're going to use and what things you're going to put in the room to soften that echo. You can even find like really decorative looking like hexagon or octagon shaped um, sound, like foam pads um, that you can put on the wall and they look kind of decorative and that can go a long way to help. So just something to be thinking about, you know, the environment that you are going to be conducting your podcast. So after you've considered that, let's start from the mouth and work all the way down. Let's talk first about the microphone. This is one of the most important things that you can focus on when you're getting started. Microphones do make a huge difference, and certain kinds of microphones are designed for certain things. So the first microphone that I bought for the show and we used for the first maybe 20 episodes or something was a $40 microphone from Amazon. Um, I'll link to it in the show notes. I can't remember off the top of my head what the brand was. But that $40 microphone worked just fine. It was designed for computer work. It was designed for podcasting, creating content. It, it worked just fine. I had no complaints about it. I didn't think it was the best microphone around. And so eventually when I saved some money, I decided to upgrade my microphone and get a better one. So I am now using the Rode PodMic. This is a microphone that is designed specifically for podcasting. And it's something that I really love. It's, it also works really well with my mixer, which we're going to talk about in a second. Basically, it already has preset um, settings for this particular microphone. So they work really, really well together. This microphone, just for the microphone itself, ran me $100. And since we do some in-person interviews, I bought two of them. So that set me back about $200. Again, I think it's worth it. I don't think there is a massive, massive difference between the microphone I have now and the one that I had before, but that's what I choose to use. Lots of great ones out there. Blue Yeti is one that comes to mind um, as a really good podcasting microphone. I know a lot of people who I talk to use that one. There's all kinds of different setups. What you don't want to do is just have a really either you know crappy microphone using you know the 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 microphone on your headphones generally doesn't work all that well. Sometimes you can get feedback. Like sometimes our guests, you can tell they're using it because you'll hear like the, the cord rubbing up against their sweater or something. And um, I, yeah, I just really feel like the, the quality, the better quality you want it to sound, you really want to invest in a high quality microphone. The second thing we'll talk about is how the microphone is going to be set up in front of you. And what I have set up is a boom arm. This is another one that I got from Amazon. The brand is called Toner, and it is a super strong, really nice boom arm that didn't set me back too much money. I really like this product. It's something that I've used now for about a year, and it's awesome. It's really great. Um, it's it's really strong. These These podcast mics are pretty heavy, and this supports it really, really well. So this is one that I definitely recommend. The other thing that I have clamped onto the boom arm is called a pop filter. And that you've, you've seen these before. It's a big kind of round, um, you know, dark foam thing that sits in front of a lot of microphones when somebody's recording music or they're recording, you know, spoken word. What that does is it just kind of softens the P's pop, pop, pop. Um, 
and, and makes that a little bit softer. That's another thing. I do believe it makes a little bit of difference. Not absolutely critical if you don't have one, but they are very inexpensive. This one, I don't even know if it has a brand. It probably just came with my boom arm, but just know like any generic pot filter will be great. It just clamps right onto the arm and you just kind of move it around and set it right in front of the microphone. Really, really easy. Next, we are going to talk about cables. So the cables we use, I frankly don't really know if different brands make that big of a difference. I got a very generic cable again on Amazon. This has worked great for us. This is called an XLR cable. And it's one of the main um, sound cables. It works great with a microphone. The microphone also works on XLR. And this plugs directly into my mixer. Again, I'm not sure whether other brands improve the quality or not. I wouldn't think so. We've used the generic one from Amazon and it works just absolutely great. Okay, on to the mixer. This is where things get a little bit interesting and where you have a lot of different options depending on which direction you want to go. So when I started with my idea to have a podcast and we started Boundless Body Radio, I found a mixer that was had a few different inputs, meaning you could plug different cables into it. You could plug different types of cables into it. It had all kinds of dials and switches and different, you know, you know, the classic like mixing levelers and things like that that came with it. There was no LCD display or anything like that. It was just a straight up basic, you know, mixer if, if you've seen music produced, it's probably very similar like that. It's just something that was really portable. That thing was so complicated. I could not figure that out. And I realized pretty quickly that I needed to make this as simple as possible. Otherwise I would sit on a really complicated mixer that I didn't know how to use and I wasn't going to learn how to use it. So therefore we would never launch our podcast. So this was really critical for us to be able to get our podcast out. And after doing a ton of research, I'm finding all kinds of different mixers. I taking the advice of my good friend, Jason Hewlett, who is an entertainer and takes this stuff really seriously. I purchased the Rodecaster Pro by Rode, R-O-D-E, Rodecaster Pro. This thing does everything. It is absolutely amazing. It is totally designed for podcasting. There are four different inputs, meaning you can plug four different microphones in for in-person recording which is pretty cool. Generally, we only use two if we ever do in person. Um, and that's about it. But all the displays are in front of you. You can mute so that you don't hear, which I just did um, very easily. You can change the levels. So here's louder and here's quieter. You can also do different kinds of fades, fading in, fading out on all the different audio inputs. So you have the four inputs coming in. You also have an, an auxiliary input. And so this is where I connect to my phone when I am doing most of my interviews, which are virtual, which I do through zoom. So that makes it really easy to have an input coming in, um, from the outside. So I'll show you what that sounds like. Um, yeah, yeah. So actually I made quite a few mistakes as I kind of alluded to earlier. So I kind of started out with the calorie restriction. So this is audio that's uh, coming directly then, from my phone sort of from an interview that we back, did not too I long ago. This also has levels, so I can turn this down. I can I turn this up. Kind of I can use this to play uh, music really clips, parts of songs, all kinds of different stuff. Um, so this is pretty cool. Study. I really like that input. You also have a Bluetooth connection. Um, I haven't had a lot of luck with the Bluetooth connection being very reliable, but I don't really need it because I'm plugging directly into my phone. Um, and then there's also a soundboard on the right. So this is pretty cool. So what you can do is program sounds 
coming in from the outside, and all you need to do is just push a button and it'll automatically play. So here is the Boundless Body Radio intro. And I just do this on the fly as I'm adjusting or interviewing somebody. I'll just adjust this down and this sound will continue playing, which shows on my display that it's going to play for another minute and 45 seconds. It comes preloaded with a, a lot of kind of really funny things. And so like little laugh tracks. Pause. But I'm cheating. Here's the intro for this show. And all of those can be changed. So that's pretty cool. It's a really nice feature. Um, the way I edit my shows, I just I, I do everything on the fly. And so, like I said, I play my intro music. I turn it down at a certain point. I start my introduction and start my interview. And that just works really well for me. That way I don't need to cut in anything later. On this show, I kind of do one of each. And so on the intro, you may have heard that the music played at a lower level for a while, and then it cut out all the way. And then the outro that I made is going to be something that's going to be cut in afterwards. And again, we'll talk about all of that with the software episodes that we're going to do. But all of this to say, this podcast mixer was expensive, but it is absolutely amazing. I want to say I paid $600 for this, but it does everything for me. I don't have to worry about as much. It records everything into a micro SD. It doesn't even need to be plugged into a computer. From there, I can transfer any audio file that I record directly into my laptop where I do all my editing, which is where our hardware episode is going to end at the laptop. Usually something very simple, something you're really comfortable with. Um, Maybe it's a a desktop or whatever, but I found a, a really simple laptop with, you know, not very many applications works really great for all the editing. I can't recommend these Rode products highly enough. They have not paid me to say that. Um, So far, they're not a show sponsor. That may change at one point, but I I really do believe in these products. They're awesome. I love talking about them. The Rode Rodecaster Pro and the Rode PodMic. Both are amazing. It's really easy to change the levels. I can automatically select on the display screen that this is a podcast, or I'm sorry, the the pod mic microphone. Like I said, it recognizes the levels in this microphone. I can set my voice to be higher or lower depending on the person and how they sound. It just, it this makes everything so easy for me. We would not have a podcast if it wasn't for this. So really grateful for Rode and and their high quality products. And I can't recommend them enough. And like I said, you've got tons of options. So don't feel like you need to go that route. But just understand that if you do, you'll get a great product that will make things very, very simple for you, which is great. So that's our hardware episode. Um, I hope you have enjoyed that and got some interesting tidbits of information from that. And in the next episode, we'll be talking about software. Thank you for listening to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a rating and review on Apple. Also, be sure to check out the show that made all of this possible, Boundless Body Radio, where we provide tons of helpful and informative content, feature incredible guests, and talk all about health and wellness. Cheers, and thank you for joining us on the How to Make a Podcast podcast.